Okay, we're going to get started. Welcome to uh, Missio Day Church tonight. One of the things that uh, is kind of cool as a church, a uh, new church just starting out, is a lot of firsts. So uh, tonight is our first baptism, so uh, you are part of Missio Day history, like it or not. You're here, so we're glad you're here. Um, we're going to uh, uh, have some songs. We'll do some announcements like we normally do. Uh, then we're going to, uh, we have four people tonight that have come forward to uh, participate in identifying with Christ through baptism. So that's exciting as well. And then afterwards, you are all invited to a uh, reception we have uh, upstairs. Uh, we got some, uh, uh, some food, and we can just have a good time of fellowship, get to know each other, um, and hopefully everybody will dry out by then. Um, so I'm interested to see what everybody looks like with their hair wet. Um, how, about we, uh, how about we stand up? We'll pray. And uh, we'll start in by uh, worshiping in song. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love and your grace. We thank you for your word that we can um, uh, learn and understand of you. And tonight we uh, look forward to what you will do um, as those who have placed their faith in you um, follow in baptism to identify with Christ, their Savior. So I pray, Father, that you would help us all in our hearts to understand your great work through your spirit in the lives of others as we witness this. We are excited for uh, tonight. We thank you for good weather. Uh, we thank you for uh, a place where we can gather and worship. Uh, so, Father, I just pray your blessing upon tonight. I pray that your spirit would uh, teach us something new and take us by surprise. Um, and I pray that we would all look like the image of Christ more when we leave tonight than we do right now. And it's in your name we pray these things, and we praise you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. So welcome again to Missy Day Church's first baptism. Um, this is where we have Easter service, and apparently this is also where we have our baptismal pool. Um, so hopefully our baptismal pool stays filled with water tonight, because if not, it'll be super exciting. This is the splash zone, all right? Front uh, stage left, right, is splash zone. Um, so no one sat there. I'm, I'm surprised. Those are actually more expensive tickets, so nobody bought them. Um, <laughs> we have four people that are going to be doing a baptism tonight. Um, before we do that, uh, Jesse, uh, our elder and communicate elder of communications, if I believe is our correct, uh, and also our designer, super cool baptismal baptism design. I don't know if you saw it. It's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, he'll be, uh, giving us a little instruction on, uh, what is baptism? Um, uh, who gets baptized? How do we baptize? Uh, some important things to understand biblically because uh, this isn't just, I mean, it is just a kiddie pool full of water, but it's more than that, and that's that's why we're here. So we're not we're not just having a little swim, right? Um, we're actually doing something far more far more significant. So I'm going to pray for Jesse, and he's going to do a little teaching, and then we're going to get wet. So I'll pray, dear Jesus, I thank you that we can come together uh, as a group of people called uh, for your name, uh, for your glory, and that as we do um, and practice this sacrament, this ordinance uh, that you've given, um, that we would be doing it in a way that brings you even more glory as we do it outside in view of the public, uh, in front of uh, guests and friends that have come to see people uh, publicly make a declaration of their faith, that that would bring you honor and glory, that this would be an act of worship that we can bring to your throne room. Uh, I pray for Jesse that as he speaks, he would speak the truth of your word and that that word would indeed help us to understand and in, some, in many ways change us and make us look more like you. In your name, amen.
Thank you. Alrighty, um, like was said, I'm Jesse Gruber. I'm one of the elders here, not the teaching elder, so whatever comes after this, I apologize. Um, <laughs> uh, so I just wanted to, before we baptize um, tonight, I just wanted to go over three basic questions. Why do we baptize? How do we baptize? And who do we baptize? Um, just as a quick introduction, I uh, went over all this information with those being baptized tonight. And uh, just wanted to go over it with you guys so you understand what's actually going on here. Because it's not every day you have church outside with a kiddie pool that hopefully stays full of water. Um, so we just wanted to clarify a couple things. Uh, so the first question, why do we baptize? Um, the, the first and foremost reason is because Jesus tells us to. Um, <clears throat> that scripture, we should have that scripture up flip as a separate side maybe. Um, it's Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Uh, if you've grown up in, in Christian church, if you've grown up in Christian school, uh, you might be familiar with this. It says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And that was Jesus speaking right before he ascended um, and Acts began. So that's the first and foremost reason is because Jesus tells us to. Um, it's, it's an act out of obedience to him. Um, the second, the second reason is, is one that I wanted to clarify. Um, we've got a lot of, even, even MD uh, members that have come from lots of different backgrounds. Um, some Catholic backgrounds, some Presbyterian backgrounds, some Anglican backgrounds, all sorts of different backgrounds. Um, so I just wanted to, to clarify this, um, the difference between a sacrament and an ordinance. Um, these might not be words that you listen or hear or use in conversation very often. Um, but I just wanted to, to point out um, the difference between them, just so that we don't get confused here tonight. Um, I've got a quote up by Tim Challies. Um, he, he's a, uh, a reformed writer and blogger, um, and he, he puts it quite nicely. He says, the significant difference between the two terms is God's role in the act. And he's talking about baptism. Uh, when viewed as sacramental, baptism is more than an act of man. It is a means by which God conveys grace. When viewed as an ordinance, baptism is the testimony of the person being baptized. Um, again, that was Tim Challies that said that. Um, so the difference is, um, what a sacrament is is, um, is is a is a means that God gives grace. It's a channel that God gives grace to you for salvation. Uh, that's taught in the Catholic Church and uh, and uh, some uh, what's the word I want to use? Some other uh, Protestant denominations. Um, we don't believe that here at Missio Dei, um, just because it's not really what um, the scriptures teach about baptism. All throughout the New Testament and all throughout Acts, we see um, salvation occur without baptism. Um, so baptism doesn't have to be there in order for one to be saved. It follows after someone uh, is saved, after someone is does believe uh, that Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection is power over sin and death um, in our lives. So I just wanted to point that out uh, quickly. Um, therefore, baptism is an outwardly display of an inward working um, of salvation in an individual's life. Um, the next question is, how do we baptize? Um, this, is, this is a pretty quick one. Um, there's some pretty crazy uh, letters up there. I don't even know what that is, but it's, it's the Greek word baptizo, um, and it's, it's translated to dip or sink. Um, so we baptize by full immersion in water, which is why we have a kiddie pool out here. Um, it's, it's the same use, word used uh, to symbolize like ships sinking in water. It's a complete, complete going under, um, which might be different than how you were raised or churches you may go to. Um, 
but that's that's the Greek word in the New Testament, and that's so that's what we're going to uh, to do here tonight. Hopefully, if the pool stays full of water, um, it's how do we baptize? Also, um, we baptize in the name of God the Father, uh, God the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Um, that comes straight out of the passage that we read earlier, uh, said by Jesus, um, and that's exactly why we do that. Um, and we also baptize in obedience to Jesus. Um, we also touched on that uh, earlier as well. Um, so just to wrap up, uh, who do we baptize? Um, we baptize those who have communicated and who have communicated their belief in Jesus and who display a belief in Jesus um, for their salvation. Um, this means that they they recognize their sin, uh, their wrongdoing before a righteous God, and they say they see Jesus as the perfect sacrifice um, for that sin and accept that as truth. Um, so that's why we call it believer's baptism. Um, someone who does not believe this should not be baptized. Um, that is not, not how the scriptures teach it. Um, also, um, a couple other points on that is that that's why we don't baptize babies here at Missioe. Um, babies are babies. Um, they, can't, they can't really think for themselves up to a certain point, uh, as evidenced by my little baby over there who's throwing her shoes off. And Yeah, that's fun. I love her so much. Um, but babies can't make that decision, um, and also probably shouldn't be fully immersed in water to begin with, so <laughs> that's, that's another reason why we don't baptize infants. Um, also, uh, who, under who do we baptize, we also baptize um, members uh, at Missio Day. Um, it is actually required for membership here, so if you're, if you're uh, a regular attender and you're, you're, you've been thinking about membership, um, baptism is, is one of those requirements we have um, since it is commanded by Jesus, and uh, is, is good for us to do. So that's, that's kind of like a super-duper quick primer um, on baptism, um, going over just the, the why, how, and who um, of baptism. Uh, so with that, um, the first person we're going to be baptizing is Mike. Preparing for my baptism has been such a great experience. It's been cool to tell some of my friends that didn't know my story and to hear their story. No matter how different they were, the end result of when you knew and accepted Jesus Christ was the same. I remember the first time I learned about Jesus was preparation for First Communion. Over the years, my relationship grew stronger as I tried to live my life through him. There was just one problem. A lot of the time I felt alone in my walk with Christ. My mom always played guitar on the worship team, but we only attended church as a family on Christmas and Easter. Then there came the day to change my life forever. When I first came to Crosswalk, which later became Missio Day, I was nervous. I've, I've always been afraid of change. But after the first week, I noticed everyone was so nice and welcoming. And I knew this was the church I would call home. As time went on, I started forming friendships and began to realize how each one had an impact on my life in one way or another. I no longer felt alone in loving Jesus. Over time, I've grown in openness and willingness to let people in on my struggles. I can't even me measure all the love and support that my church family has shown me in difficult situations and how they have helped me grow spiritually these last few years. Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Woo! Yeah! Woo! 
Growing up, I went to Catholic school for 12 years. I went to church every Christmas and Easter. I prayed when I needed God, and I walked away when I chose my own pride. But it wasn't until my girlfriend Mandy introduced me to Missio Day that I really understood the gospel for the first time in my life. And by the grace of God, I now live to glorify him. testimony by your life lived for Christ. We're going to be baptizing you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I managed to be lucky enough to call myself a Christian for my whole life. I went to church every Sunday, even in high school, and just found that God's love was what I wanted, and the Bible taught me how to live according to God's intended virtue. I remember going to Triennium, a Presbyterian worship festival, when I was 16. I couldn't remember anything better than being surrounded by other believers openly expressing their love for God. The unity really showed me that, like Toby Mac says, Jesus is the way. I took an interest in MD because I was exploring my interests and managed to find a group of young people, like me, who believe in God, following God's word. I couldn't ask for a better display of God's love, and I feel I can grow my faith through MD. Given your life lived out for Christ, I'm going to be baptizing you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I was born in the, and raised in the Catholic Church. I was baptized a baby in the church and even grew up as an altar boy. Um, things changed very fast. My father was very abusive, both mentally and physically, and things were just getting worse as my little brothers were born. Coming home from school, I would pray as hard as I could that he wouldn't be there, or at least that my little brothers wouldn't have to deal with it, but that was very often not the case. My mom worked nights and would be going to work as we were getting home, so we had no one to be protected by. As I started to grow more and more mad at God I, that he wouldn't at least protect my little brothers from our father's torment. After my parents got divorced, I thought maybe we'd be safe, but that was still not the case. Our father had visitation three times a week and had us every other weekend. At this point, I was done with my face. We were still being abused, and there didn't look like there was going to be any end. At this point, my mom was done with all of the abuse and couldn't take seeing us, ha seeing her children have to deal with this anymore. So for the most part, we up and moved to Florida, but I was still done with my face. I couldn't understand why God would let things like this happen to, not so much to me, but my little brothers who were only seven, four, and two at the time that we moved to Florida. I was very angry and stayed this way for a good number of years. Around 22 is when I would say that I was really saved. I had one really good friend that was very strong in her faith and wanted that for me. She pushed and pushed until finally I agreed to go to church with her. I remember walking into the church and being very nervous, which I had no idea why at the time. As we walked in, it seemed like people were coming out of, out of the woodwork to greet us. As soon as we found seats for the service, I, I'm sorry. As soon as we found seats, the service started. I couldn't really, I didn't really want to be there. And at this point, the service had started and felt very a wave come over me. The Holy Spirit was in me again just like that. It lifted all the anger away like it was never there in the first place. It was on that Ash Wednesday where I knew I was saved. 
Now, no point does this make me the perfect Christian. It was it give it has given me the tools to grow in my faith. Shortly after, I moved back up to New Jersey, and I arrived on a Sunday afternoon. At this point, my aunt was going to MD and invited me to come with her. I was very tired from the drive from Florida, but decided that I should go. And now I can tell you how glad I am that I did. I have found friends here from who I would never have otherwise. But And everybody at MD came family very fast. I couldn't be happier with the people that I had around me and the strength in their faith and how it has gr helped me grow in my own. <coughs> uh, hearing your testimony, believing it to be true, uh, seeing your life live for Jesus, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Every week, if this is your first time, if you're visiting, if you're a guest, we're really glad that you're here, uh, that you can come and, and hear some good testimonies of people that want to publicly display the inward, work, inward working of the Holy Spirit in their lives through, through water baptism. Um, but every week, we understand that when we, when we talk about God's word openly, when we share what his truths are, uh, we want to offer a time of response. Um, so at, every, at the end of every service, we close with our response time, and that's where um, we are able to respond to the Holy Spirit working through the Word of God in our hearts. Um, so the band's gonna, the band's gonna come up, and we're gonna have one more respond song. I'm gonna enter that with something that's a little. It's our first, it's our first baptismal service, so we can do things that we haven't done before since we haven't done it before at all, um, which is it's very freeing. Um, if you would like to, if you have your Bible handy, which. Mine's on my phone, so that might take some time. We're going to look at a short scripture uh, to respond to here at Respond Time. So, come on. It's going gonna, it's gonna to work any second now. Uh, there's a story in Acts. You may have heard it before. Uh, it's about the Ethiopian eunuch. Um, and in this story, it involves baptism. Uh, so you're going to turn to Acts uh, chapter 8. If you have your Bible, you can turn there. If you have your phone, you can turn there. It may even be faster than mine. <laughs> we're going to turn to Acts chapter 8. We're going to read a few, a few verses from Acts chapter 8, and we're going to move on with our night. Um, it's a, the book of Acts, which Jesse uh, read the close where... Um, Jesus was, was setting up the, the ordinance of, of baptism. And then he said it moved right into Acts. The book of Acts is literally called Acts because it's about acts, like acts of worship, acts of power. Particularly, it's called Acts of the Apostles. It's the early church starting. In Acts chapter 8, we bump up to a, a, a dude named Philip. Okay, And he's going to show up. He shows up with the Ethiopian eunuch. And there's a story, so let's read it. In Acts chapter 8, starting verse 26, it says this. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south, to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. And you don't know where that is, that's okay. Just know he was told to go south. Kind of vague. This is a desert place, also makes it more vague. And he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning and he was seated in his chariot. 
He was reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah, verse 29. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him, heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you're reading? That's a common problem for most of us. Sometimes we open up God's word. We need some uh, extra help to get through some of those passages. Particularly, if you've read Isaiah, you'll understand. It's a good question to ask. And the eunuch, he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up with him and sit with him in the chariot. Now, the passage of the scripture that he was reading was like, was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before his shearer is silent. So he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. Now, as an evangelist, you really can't ask for a better scenario <laughs> that he would happen to be reading about uh, the, the sacrificial lamb, the Messiah Jesus, um, as he was riding in a chariot. Uh, so pretty good evangelist scenario. In verse 34, the eunuch said to Philip, about whom, I ask you, does this prophet say this, about himself or about someone else? And then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azadus, and as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. So ignoring the fact that it ends with like a Star Trek transportation, um, the the point in reading that passage tonight is for two reasons. One, if you've if you've never interacted with the gospel in your heart, we happen to have a giant tub of water. If if believing in Christ is something that's new for you tonight, uh, we'd like to invite you into the process of what believing looks like, and we're totally cool with doing baptisms tonight. I'm not rushing that right now. Don't rush the stage. I know you're all ready to go. The other thing is is this simple fact: the Ethiopian eunuch had not been fully understanding the gospel for about 10 seconds that he didn't want to act on his faith. And I wonder in our very comfortable um, American church, and make it more specific in our very comfortable South Jersey church or in our very comfortable Gloucester County churches or in our very comfortable, whatever town you worship in churches. I wonder how many years it takes us to begin to act on the faith that God gives us in the gospel. And so there's two calls tonight from that passage. As we, end our, as we end our baptismal service, I want you to spend some time thinking and praying. If this is your first time interacting with the gospel, if you, don't, if you didn't understand that Jesus was God, became man, lived as God and man completely, his life on the earth, without sin, testifying to the fact that he indeed was the Messiah, died on a cross when he wasn't guilty, because he had no sin, he didn't stay dead. There was no way death could hold this man in whom there was found no guilt. And so he rises from the dead, victorious. And one day he will return and conquer completely sin and death. If that's something that you've, you're interacting with the first time tonight, we'd love to engage with you more over that. If it's something you've engaged with for a long time, what I want to know is, the same question I ask myself. What am I doing? How do we know? Is it a secret? Right? Because I'm telling you, the eunuch's like, wow, I didn't understand that Jesus was the Messiah. I didn't understand that he was fulfilling these words. 
That's awesome. I believe it. There's a lake. There's a river. Let's do this. Let's just, right now, stop the chariot, pull over, we're getting out. And immediately he, he acts on his faith in this first, this first move of baptism, baptism. And it says beyond that, he goes on rejoicing. This wasn't going to be a solo act for him. So for those of us that have interacted with the gospel, maybe for, maybe for decades, I wonder, what, I wonder what Jesus would call us to. I wonder what, because I get so blinded by entertainment and life and responsibility, what are we missing that the simple act of the gospel wants to draw us to? So if you could, in our respond time, just take a minute and pray. And praying is easy. Because God calls himself a father so we can understand him in a way that although I'm a broken father, when my daughter and son pray, they know they pray to Jesus, to God who is a father way better than me. I have a great dad, but man, he's broken. And when I pray, I pray to God the father in a way that I know he's perfect. So as simple as talking to a perfect father would be, completely loving, understanding, knowing the truth, and wanting to raise us, spend some time in prayer, whether that be to understand more completely how the spirit and the gospel would be motivating you to action, like the eunuch dove right in, head first into his faith. Or whether that be for the first time, just talking to God. Maybe it's the first time you didn't know. Maybe you didn't know you could talk to him, like a father, that he exists completely, wants to listen to you, hear you, that he wants to breathe life into you. Dear Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for the grace to come together to hear your word, to, to be able to witness and celebrate and testify to the faith, the working of salvation in the lives of Lou and Vinny and Josie and Mike. And as we celebrate with them tonight, I pray that you would feel our hearts of worship and that it would be a, a fragrance in your throne room that is clear. It's not about us tonight. It's all about you. Baptism is not about us. It's about what you have done in us. We thank you for those that were baptized. And I pray for, for us here, whether this is the first time we're interacting with the gospel whether for some of us, we've interacted with it for a long time. I pray that we would, not, we would not be idle, we would not be complacent, that we would see the simple actions of the Ethiopian eunuch and how, how quick and rapid and decisive those actions were, that it would not just be something we hear as a trite story, but understand that that is how motivating the gospel should be. And when it's not that way in our lives, we need to ask ourselves what's in the way because it's, it's in us and it's on us that things get in the way, Lord. I pray that you'd remove those things. The gospel would be clear in our lives and it would spur us on to indeed love and good works in the growth of your kingdom and the movement of your gospel. I thank you, Lord. I pray that your word would not return void, but that the Holy Spirit would take it and bring about change in the lives of your children. In your name we pray, amen.